One year of stinkers, ups and downs, high points and lows. Tonight, we recount each of our top 10 favorite bad movies that we watched since we started this podcast in March 2014. This is our year in review, part one of two, and be sure to listen to part two when we recount our favorite good movies of 2014. Hello and welcome to Stinker Madness. This is our year in review episode. How are you out there in podcast land? <laughs> Who the hell are you talking to? Yeah, really, dude. Are you Obviously, asking her, are me you and Sam are here. Yeah, we're here. Are you asking? I was mostly asking you guys, but I forgot that I, I to mention who you are. Yeah, well. <laughs> how, I, are you, how are you, people in this room? <laughs> I'm fine. How are the people we're asking, meta, you know, fucking rhetorical questions to? You're the listeners who can't answer back. <laughs> Hopefully, or they're not trying. There's somebody in their house right now. Who'll be like, I'm okay. I'm good. And then, and then they're watching like, Steve. They can't hear you. Well, yeah, exactly. That is the voice of Sam. I also have Jackie here. How are you, Jackie? Uh, I'm doing okay. Good. Had a colonoscopy this week. Ugh, that's icky. Yeah. yeah. Let's avoid that topic. Uh, well, that least... goes along with stinkers. <laughs> so, speaking of people in podcast land, you don't have to look at the pictures of the inside of Jackie's butt like everybody else had to. <laughs> Hey, man, those were some interesting scientific pictures. <laughs> yeah, science. She was quite proud of, of the inside of her guts. <laughs> they were awesome looking. Yeah. So here's how we're going to do this. We have each compiled our, our lists of our top 10 favorite good movies that we witnessed, or bad movies, good bad movies that we witnessed in 2014. Uh, they do not have to be episode or movies that we did episodes on or... Witnessed for stinky streaming do's and don'ts, or even watched them together. They are just each of our favorite top 10 bad movies that we recommend that anybody listening to this podcast should stop what they're doing and go watch right now. Yes. So, so, so start us off there, Justin. So how we're going to order this is just uh, in the same order that we pick movies for the podcast. I will go first, then Sam, then Jackie. So Jackie will close us out with her number one, but I will start with my number 10 movie, which was Teen Witch. Ooh. The movie that Jackie brought to the table that I don't think you and I had even heard of. I'd never even heard of it. The Teen Wolf knockoff. Hey, that's that's on my list too, but a little higher, a little higher. Yeah, well, that's all right. So, it so did what not make it, my list. So, so what made it part of your list? Um, I just, I enjoyed how cheesy it was and just like, even in when when was that movie? Nineteen eighty six, eighty seven, somewhere in there. Yeah. Even at that point, if I had gone to the theater, like if I, if I had been an adult man and been roped into going to see Teen Witch, because I'm assuming, let's say, my wife named Jackie would have been like, "Ooh, I want to go see that. That looks great. I love witches and I love teens, and it's gonna be romantic and all this." And I would have been like, "Oh God, this is gonna blow." If I had seen that in nineteen eighty seven. I would have been like, this is fucking retarded. It's ridiculous. Like, all of the 80s elements, the top that, and, you know, the singing and dancing, and how crappy the music was. I like boys. Yeah, the most popular The new girl. cheer is I like boys. Yeah. <laughs> That's not even a fucking cheer. The music is, is a strong point for me, for sure, but I also think that, like, I would have been in the theater going... 
Wait a minute. Is this movie about statutory rape? It is about statutory rape. I would have lost it, my it's shit. It's okay. I would have started just, I would have busted up laughing in the middle of the theater and everybody would have turned around and been like, what's with that guy? Yeah. And then there would be another guy in the theater that gets up in the middle of the movie because he realizes it's okay and he goes and he buys a Camaro and he parks it outside of a junior high. Mm-hmm. And yep. he just waits. Yes. Stucker. He's got a six pack of Keystone. Yeah. That's would how been, you it would have been teenagers. Schlitz then. Oh, yeah. Schlitz. Schlitz. Or Boone's Farm. Yep. Maybe Fancy. Mad Dog 2020. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I thought that I did not see it coming. I thought that it was going to be a miserable, miserable experience. It was a good time for sure. It was a good time. I enjoyed it. I would even say that I, I think it's, for me, it's the one movie that is geared specifically towards teen girls because i really hate teenage girls like i can't stand them yeah girls just want to have fun was geared that same way exactly and i enjoy girls just want to have fun in the same vein i just didn't enjoy it as much as i enjoyed teen witch oh no teen witch was just a terrible terrible movie oh yes that magic was a bad idea it didn't make any fucking sense didn't make any fucking sense and but it had some sweet jams that totally got stuck in your your head that were terrible terrible for a week I like boys. For a week, you couldn't get it out of your fucking head. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. I, I, My number 10 is Teen Witch. What about you, Sam? Where are you at for number 10? Number 10? My number 10 is one that you guys didn't see. Uh-oh. Young Warriors is Ooh, my number 10. The Young Warriors. Young, and not The Young Warriors, because The Young Warriors is a different movie. It's just Young Warriors. Oh, there's two of them. There's two I of them. I have in... Uh, what, I'll just introduce the world to my Stinkernomicon, mm-hmm. the binder of 150 movies that i've put together that i and one of them i haven't seen is the young warriors so what's the difference between the two i don't really know what the young warriors is i know that it wasn't the what young warriors like in the 70s uh-huh and young warriors is made in the like cusp of 80 90 oh in there okay and uh young warriors is i believe a fraternity that decides to become vigilantes oh god you're and kidding they don't do a good job like First time out, they lose a guy. They have a dog. They turn the dog into a crime-fighting dog. He gets shot. They do the dog in the movie. Uh-huh. And, like, he has, like, sunglasses and, like, a Budweiser oh, hat. Oh, so he's like, super cool, too. He's fucking rad, and then he gets shot. That sucks. It sucks. But they're basically the worst vigilantes ever. So they had a Spud McKenzie. Yeah. I think that Spud McKenzie shot. might have been the inspiration for the dog. And, uh, the... Where it why, why it makes number ten is because at the end of the movie you wonder what were they trying to do here because the people the story that they tell is adequately told but it's the story of a bunch of dickheads that uh, don't do a good job so it's not an accident that they're portrayed like inept idiots it's the intent they're not the, good at it the intent of the film is these guys are nutsacks it's almost like it's a warning the tragedy that could befall you huh. if this situation works out and you turn into vigilantes no these idiots decided to become no one else would make this decision it did work out poorly because this is how it would work out but it, like it it plays itself off like a cautionary tale like don't uh, turn into vigilantes if this happens to you because you'll you'll befall this terror and your life will be you know sucky like well no shit yeah they killed Spud McKenzie dog <laughs> yeah. and your frat nut sacks your nut sacks to begin with you you haven't even like ugh frat guys ugh oh boy yeah yeah it's like Animal House and Batman huh. but then not the good parts of either <laughs> Animal House and Batman it was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> 
Well, that sounds pretty rad. Is it? Is it something that we may want to end up doing an episode on? Later? We will be doing it. It will be coming this year. Excellent. Young Warriors will be uh, an episode. I don't even know how long it's going to be before I before I throw down on Young Warriors because my next pick is obviously going to be Megaforce, mm-hmm. and uh, and then it might be after that. I I will. My nipples are hard. Okay, I'm excited. Jackie, what's your number ten? The Wicker Man. Oh yes, yes. The bees, the bees, not the bees. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> what's in that sack? Is that a shark? <laughs> what's that? Oh, I say, <laughs> is that like... a shark or something? Every time I see somebody carrying oh, a box God. or a bag or anything in film, <laughs> what's in what's in there? Is it a shark or something? Yeah. I mean, that movie's just so damn entertaining, and he punches a lady out. He punches like six ladies out. I know, and like. The costumes were pretty good. Like, I'm a bear lady. Oh, fucking. That movie is so ridiculous. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, I, it's over the top. I wanted to do... The problem with my favorite line is that you can't do it because it's so over cagey. Because last night you know, we were at a barbecue and the, one of the hot dogs got too burnt and I wanted to be like... Why's it burn? Why's it burn? Why's it burn? Why's it burn? <laughs> I would have enjoyed that. I thought you were going to say. And only you would have got it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And everybody else would have thought I was a crazy asshole. <laughs> just go for it, man. Yeah. That's how you own life. Just be just to be caged, a crazy asshole. Cage at all time. It, he is so supremely cagey in this film. I think it's one of his better ones. It's as cagey as it gets. I am not sure at this point if The Wicker Man is not my favorite Nicolas Cage movie ever filmed. It's the funniest Nicolas Cage movie ever made. Uh, even more than uh, no, Raising, Raising Arizona, Arizona is actually funnier. But this is number two. But it, I don't think it was supposed to be funny. I don't think it was supposed to be a comedy. No, it was the feel good comedy of the year. Yeah, I was. I had tears in my eyes. It I was, was so funny, nonstop laughing, even when he's burned to death at the end. I'm just going. <laughs> 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 and what was his? What was his tape again? That he had the everything self- is okay. Yeah, everything is okay. Tapes and I. I know that we make jokes about that for like I, weeks. No, I still make jokes about that too. I forgot that's what that's from even. Uh-huh. Everything is okay. Have uh, you seen my everything is okay tapes? Oh shit, no. What the oh fuck. I <laughs> like, know. You do have problems. <laughs> yeah. I think the Wicker Man is going to be the new dumb and dumber for me for probably the next ten years. I will be quoting the Wicker Man at least once a week. Yeah, maybe multiple times a day just by that. That's now just part of my vernacular mm-hmm. is quotes from the Wicker Man. It has that anchor man. I yeah. quoted anchor man. Yeah, a lot. milk was a bad choice and not the bees is essentially synonymous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good choice, Jackie. My number nine movie. No holds barred. <gasps> oh, that was in my honorable mention. Mine too. I loved no holds barred. Another surprise. None of us saw that coming. No, the Uno, the Uno eyebrow on on the black guy. Tiny Zeus Solicitor. Yeah. I mean, that guy was just so weird looking. It was just like, oh, my God. What? Well, Tiny Zeus is a weird looking dude to begin with. But the whole concept of the film. It's a movie made by people that had no business making a movie. And writing it. a movie and being in a movie. Like, everyone, everybody involved is a bunch of wrestling guys. Uh-huh. Like, we're going to make a better movie than Hollywood. Right. They got done with it and they saw it and they're like, we did it. We, we have- cracked the code. And then other people <laughs> saw it and they're like, are you fucking retarded? It's Hulk Hogan propaganda. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hulk Hogan is going to change the world, everybody. He oh. is everybody's friend. He's going to rip them up. Charity is going to happen. Rainbows are going to start shooting out of his asshole. <laughs> it's just, oh my God, what? 
Yeah, I had known that No Holds Barred was a terrible film because when it, I do remember when it came out that it was on the same weekend as Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which was like, well, nobody's going to go see No Holds Barred. And so it nobody would... did. But I had no idea that it was so unbelievably awesome. Because it's unbelievably stupid. It is unbelievably stupid. The Battles of the Tough Battle Guys of the Tough is guys. one of the worst named things I've ever heard in all of film. And it really actually, but it's very accurate. It is the Battle of the Tough Guys. Yeah, like, it's like Robert Hamburger wrote it, mm-hmm. but it isn't. It's a little too sad. Like Robert Hamburger is a little too savvy for who mm-hmm. wrote that film. If you don't know who Robert Hamburger is, visit uh, realultimatepower.net and read everything on there. And you will understand the type of writing that goes into No Holds Barred. And I kind of get the impression that the movie Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito might have been slightly based off of this because Hulk Hogan is this ultimate wrestler guy and his brother is like some piece of shit that can't defend himself. I don't remember Hulk Hogan's brother in that movie at all. I thought his brother was in that movie and like his brother gets killed or gets paralyzed or some shit. And then that's why he goes after the guy. What? I don't think you saw The Holds Bard. You're not talking about the same movie. I think that's called Bloodsport. And you still don't have it right. <laughs> no! Yeah. Dukes? <laughs> yeah. No. Okay, USA. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. No, uh, no Holds Bard is, uh, the, they make a TV show around wrestling. Yeah, I know, but I thought that Hulk Hogan's brother no, was the, corpor- the manager guy. No, the corporate guys just manipulate Hulk Hogan into doing whatever they want, and then he, he he's had enough. He's going to rip them up. Oh, they, they, they and he want had the weird to, little hand yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 okay. Rip him up. I guess there was no like brother the, revenge. I mean, there was the no, didn't he have a brother or something? Because he went I to his the brother came to his house or yeah, dude. I thought there was there a was brother a brother. In there. The brother. Oh got yeah, beat maybe up. Tiny Zeus Lister. Yeah, like beat something up the mean, brother. But I, I don't think it was like I'm gonna fuck you up. I think it was just Tiny Zeus Lister just like being a hurricane of destruction throughout the world, and it just happens to be that Rip whatever his last name was, his brother got in the way. Uh, okay. Like well, either way, I mean, like, yeah, we could, we could try to figure out what happened in that movie for the next 10 years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Other than the battle of the tough guys did go down. What's yeah. that smell? Dookie. <laughs> Dookie. <laughs> Great film. Yes. Sam, number nine. Uh, my next two are actually, even though, and this is why I feel they're so strongly, like, even though they uh, are higher up in my all time, that they even made this list is a, uh, is an achievement in how good they are at his bad movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, number nine for me is Never Too Young to Die. Oh, great movie. Absolutely great Even though film. I had seen it before, mm-hmm. it, it still made the list. It Just because even the second time, its impact is above the other films I watched. It was a shock to me. Again, I like complete surprise. You had told me, oh yeah, it's John Stamos and Vanity in a movie. Uh, and John Stamos is an action star. And uh, 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 George Lazenby... Uh, is it Lazenby? I was like, this is gonna suck. Oh, and to... Gene Simmons is a lady boy. Yeah. Well, I had to underbill it so that you get the same shock and awe that I had oh. the first time I saw it. I-, I was all in once. Once the gymnastics started, and I was like, "Woo, look at that!" Oh, as soon as you hear the opening, Stargrove, couple lines to a couple uh, uh, bars to Stargrove, the yeah, theme it song. Just been like, called Stargrove. Whoa! It is actually called Stargrove in many, many other countries. Huh? Yeah. Uh, it is also part of the new Stinkernomicon, and uh, t- in order to print the DVD artwork, I had to use uh, Japan's uh, DVD artwork. Excellent. And it is called Stargrove in Japan. Oh. 
And uh, post our doing that episode, I have realized that there is a huge following to The Never Too Young to Die that I didn't even know existed. I am surprised that the Japanese title wasn't Tight Pants Flipping Man Saves the Bridge. (laughs) (laughs) Because it goes down where he saves the earth at the end of the movie on a bridge that they would just sort of like, well, no, he didn't. He just saved the bridge. Mm Which he kind of just saves the bridge in the movie, even so. That I, I'm surprised that wasn't the title. It is an unbelievable film. I, I, I like. I we say that we can't believe a lot of these movies got made, but some movies are just accidentally bad, like gr- good concept, and then there's just inept people working on them, or the budget gets pulled, or just on paper from the very get go, this thing is nanners. <laughs> it does it like well after. Jim Cotta failed mm-hmm. at bringing gymnastics into the action movie. They are still like, you know what? Let's give it another shot. Gymnastics is totally action packed, right? Right. No. Yeah, they're athletes. They're strong. They they could be action stars. Not saying that that uh, gymnastic. I'm not saying that in re- reality right now, there's not some gymnast that works for the U.S. government and is just killing all the fools. It might be happening but on film. It doesn't it look good. Does not work. Yeah, it's Ever. just just like we one of our problems with Jupiter ascending, the practicality of the sky skates or whatever they are. Uh-huh. It actually would work good like that. Uh-huh. It looks super fucking stupid it looks on super screen. Super fucking dumb. Gymnastics fighting. Is... Gymnastics fighting looks super fucking stupid. Yeah. Imagine if James Bond was a gymnast. That would have just ruined that whole franchise. Just handsprings throughout. Every... Well, we saw Beowulf. We saw Beowulf with Beowulf Christopher did, Lambert, and he's doing handsprings and flips and shit, and it it looked awesome because they never sold it like, this gymnastics is going to work. He just gets punched in the face directly after doing flips and, and handsprings. Yes. And it that worked. Mm-hmm. That worked for me greatly. But, you know, I think at this point, I'm willing to watch any movie that has gymnastics fighting with it. Oh, yeah. It's now... It's I'm four like- for four. Yeah, it it just sort of it turns the dial to six for you, and all it really has to do is be shitty after uh-huh. that. And you're like, well, that worked. That was a that's a top tenner again. We should not uh, neglect to mention the amazing performance by Gene Simmons. Yeah, Gene Simmons is pretty amazing. Turds. Yeah, turds. Lady boy, I got a wiener and some boobies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, that's a, that's a good choice. I really like Never Too Young to Die as well. Jackie, you're number nine. Deadly Prey. Oh, with Deadly Prey. Well, I spoiler alert. It's coming. It'll be you will be hearing of this one again. Yes, from both Sam and I. What are your thoughts on Deadly Prey, Jackie? And why number nine? Nine is kind of low because although I thought it was really awesome, and yes, Danton Danton is the most badass. Uh, like vengeful killer guy ever right like mm-hmm. he's he's got it down but the movie wasn't that entertaining and as we what? go along here i have some different ones that i just thought were more i i was just more in tune with the storyline or the costumes or whatever so <laughs> yeah it's always comes back the to the costumes, costumes well he Jackie. didn't have much of a costume no. no he had like a pair of ripped jean shorts yeah on he was wearing <laughs> just enough to cover his important pieces sometimes sometimes, sometimes. yeah Oh, Dan. Oh, I love Dan. Danton. I just I Yeah, I mean, I can't yeah. really explain it, but it's Danton. If you haven't seen it, you need to watch Deadly Prey because it's just it's Danton. Yeah, it this it's Dan. Danton. It doesn't matter what happens. It's just Dan. Danton. Yeah, he just kill he'll kill you. Yes. He'll kill your grandma. He'll kill he doesn't your fucking care. Neighbor. 
And then he'll have a barbecue with a dead body. He'll like do a weekend at Bernie's for 10 minutes and then get tired of that and then go kill somebody else. Well, what did you like about Deadly Prey, Jackie? I just liked how ridiculous it was. Mm -hmm. This guy gets nabbed on his way, taken out to the trash because obviously he looks like a good target. Like, who the hell is going to pick up Mr. Buff Guy? Yeah. We, the, the kill zone guy at the training camp. Like, you're at a training camp. I don't know if you should be getting somebody off the street that looks that advanced. If Always Sunny in Philadelphia has taught me anything, I know it's never hunt a man. Never hunt a man. If Deadly Prey has taught me anything, it's never hunt Dan. Do not even... Stay away from the guy that looks like Dan. If you live down the street from Dan, move. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a fun block party. No. No. <laughs> If you eat the last hot dog, he He'll will kill you. Chip you. He will kill throat. you with the hot dog. He just you He'll just pull ate. it out of his out of your stomach. He will punch a hole in your tummy, grab the hot dog, and shove it through your brain. Yeah, and then he'll put it on a bun and start to eat it and go. You know what? I wasn't even hungry. <laughs> and toss it, in the and trash. then just wander off <laughs> and kill somebody else for doing something like looking at him the wrong fucking way. Eating the last of the Doritos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, deadly prey! What a find. So, where's your eight? My number eight movie is another non-episode, Dead Heat. Oh, Dead Heat is awesome. It is still on That is also on my list. Netflix, The Zombie Cop. I do not have it on my list because I watched it two years ago. Yeah, you did not watch Dead Heat this year, but uh, I did. It was a it was a wonderful find with Joe Piscopo and Treat Williams. Treat Williams is the most adequately named actor ever. He he was a treat. In this he film. is always a treat. These guys are the two biggest '80s cop nutsacks, cheese ball high fiving bro downs at the beginning of the movie, and then as soon spoiler alert, it's about zombie cops. They become zombie cops, and holy shit, does it know, this film knows exactly what it's doing it from then on. It was one of the most, and I think even the beginning where there are these nutsacks, uh -huh. you're, you're, that's part of how fucking self-aware this movie, it knows exactly what it's doing. Yes, it does. And the reanimation of the Chinese restaurant food uh -huh. was oh, so yeah. awesome, God. like that cow, and what was that, ducks or chickens or yeah. whatever those things were, it was like... The visual effects are great. Yeah. The concept... The execution of the concept is great. Uh, my, my, probably my favorite part of this movie is Treat Williams has to come in hot on a motorcycle to invade a yeah. building that's filled with gunmen. And so instead of like parking the motorcycle and shooting his way through the front door and shooting the guys, he never slows down. Runs the motorcycle into something and then launches his reanimated corpse <laughs> through the front door and starts shooting everybody. Because you know what? You're a zombie cop. Yeah. Fuck it. Fuck it. We, I don't need to walk up there. I'm coming in hot. And just right. it knows what it's doing from start to end. And it's I great. I was so amazed the first time that I saw it. Because it was like the movie that you would want to make, like, oh, let's do this. And mm -hmm. you'd never be able to get that. They actually got it made and did it. And it is what it is. It's just sort of amazing to me. Yeah. It, that I, it even happened. Yeah. It's it's a it's a kick in the pants. Uh, great time. Highly recommended. Sam. The next was another movie, even though it's higher in my this is actually in my top three bad movies of all time but i'm just thinking of the impact this year and mm -hmm. again it's so good that it made a list even though i've seen it five times malibu express yeah sure 
Sure, absolutely. <laughs> I, uh... I was I was giving you the music. No, that's so you actually pretty good. That's, that's exactly that's right. Pretty good. I feel I feel it now. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, the Malibu Express is uh, a pleasant trip every time. Uh, I, I think the reason I didn't put it on my list is just because... You've seen it so many times. I've seen it so many times, and it seems like everything that's on my list was a major surprise. Like, uh, wow, I did not see that coming. Uh, so that's that's where I'm at. But I cannot argue with you that uh, Malibu Express was, again... Of a fantastic time to view. That's why it made it. It's just it has such impact every time that it made it up to number eight, and I'd seen it a bunch of times, mm-hmm. and it still made eight. It's that good. Yeah, that was on my honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to it's hard to argue. I I can't wait till we uh can dive into some more uh Andy Sedaris films. Uh, we'll have to of course get Arlene Sedaris. Yes, is widow back involved. Um, but hard uh, ticket to Hawaii, I believe, will probably be one of my future picks. Uh, I think at some point Picasso month. Trigger probably needs to happen too. Oh, I I think we'll run the gambit on quite a few of them. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of people that really, really, really love these. There's a lot of people that really, really, really still do not even know that they exist. They the awareness of these films is is too low. It is far too low. Uh, many of them. Many top 10 bad movies of all time that I've seen are missing any of these. And it's a tragedy because it's, it's has to be that you just haven't seen these, the, these films, the, the 12 films that Andy Sedaris put together minus the first one that they never owned the rights to that we can never remember the name of. Seven. Seven. Yeah. With, uh, uh, William Smith and the starring role. I really want to find a copy of yeah, Seven somehow. I would somehow. like to get my hands on Seven as well, but apparently it's never going to happen. It's one of those impossible films yes. that's never going to see the light of day again, unfortunately. But yeah, uh, Malibu Express is a good choice. Number eight. Number eight from Jagge. The Vineyard. Ooh. The Vineyard was honorable mention for me too. I Man. loved, I fucking loved The Vineyard. And the reason that I really loved The Vineyard most is because it was like, James Hong gets turn the camera on, turn the sexual harassment off. It was almost like he made a movie just so he could grope a bunch of women. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, he it- was just molestering every woman in the every move, every woman in that movie. He got a handful. Oh, I yeah. every single one of them. It was a one to one booby ratio. One to one. I got one. Mean? I got one hand. You got two boobies. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a one to one. That's some good math. Yeah. Yeah. See how that. I can't believe you guys never heard that one to one booby ratio. Yeah, no, I've not <laughs> because not. I just didn't make it up. Yeah. I promise, <laughs> it's a thing. Okay. <laughs> I just thought it was goofy and it was fun and the makeup was great. Yeah, the makeup was great. And uh, the story was entertaining and it, it is a very we we saw this on Netflix. Yes. Yeah. I, it might still be on Netflix. I'm not really. I sure think if it is. I think that eventually, sometime this coming year, I'm going to pull the trigger on this one and make it an episode for us. Yeah, it was just such a great movie. It's an ep- it's episode worthy. Yeah, it was also a fun surprise. Uh, I think you picked that just by the cover. I thought... I'd seen it before. And oh, you, you guys had. hadn't seen it, and I was like, "Oh, oh let's yeah. let's she watch this. You guys will like this." And you go, "This is going to be dumb." I mean, when I saw that James Hong directed it, I was like, "Oh wait, I'm in." And yeah. then, yep. And I had no idea who James Hong was just by name. His face is like one of the most recognizable faces ever. And like, oh, that guy. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we started digging deeper and deeper into the the library of of what he's directed and it's what what it was like 90 films or something like no that. he's directed i think a, like 11 or something i thought it was a he's been in like 230 or something but they like all that. all look very similar as far as the level of, of him quality. grabbing boobs yeah him grabbing boobs the movie he uh, just again. loves them which you know i do too hey whatever buddy i i i applaud him i want to i would like to go to there yeah i would like to make I'm movies sure you do that really are just kind of fun to watch, but are mostly about me sampling the tits. Sexually assaulting women. Sexually assaulting women. That's what the reality is. In my mind, I'm just sampling. (laughs) I'm just making... I'm seeing... I'm gathering a bunch of women, and then I'm going to sample their boobs, and I'm going to make a decision afterwards which ones I liked the best, and then I was oh yeah, I made a movie while I was doing that. Oh, and then the casting session is over. <laughs> now it's time to actually sample the boobs on camera. Yeah, on camera. <laughs> now I can really now now we're past the test drive phase. It's like bought, you've bought the cars. Now you're really going to take them out on the road. I am led to believe that that's how every casting session goes in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> just, just dirty filthy bad terrible people terrible <laughs> like, all right like this is, okay i have a question <laughs> sure if you've got uh, a character a female character uh-huh. that you've written into a film in a booby movie let's say it's a it's a booby movie that this character exists in yes and you've uh put out a casting call for a naked lady uh <laughs> At the casting, on the casting couch, do they say, all right, let's, uh, let's check them out? Yeah. They, We're going to need to see them. I think they have to. Yeah. If you're casting tits, you have to see the tits. Yeah. Cause wonder if you're like, oh, you know, you got a pretty nice body. And then they take off their top and they've got one boob that's like a double D and one boob that's like an A. Or, you know, one's headed north and the other one's like east. <laughs> <laughs> what? What now, happened? Now that. I I think that's blatantly obvious. Uh, <laughs> if you're casting strippers, or if they've say, got zip butt, say a uh, 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 major booby movie. But what if it's something like Kirsten Dunst in Melancholia? I don't know about that. And she's never been nude on film before, and had plenty of chances at it. And you and you, you as the director go, well, what's going on down there? Is it is it weird or something? I think that you know something like that. That might be like a surprise. Like day of, you find out what you're getting with Kirsten yeah, Dunst. Man, that's yeah, that's on the dice. When when you become a more famous actress or actor, you don't have to show the goods until they're like, well, we'll give you twenty million dollars if you show. Yeah, your... but what if they're weird looking? Well, hey, yeah, dude. but at that point, you're actually not even going for like hotness. What you're doing is vulnerability of character. That's the only way that you can really say that you're using nudity without just showing people boobs. It's the vulnerability of the character. Mm. So if you've never seen her naked and she's never been naked as an actor, she now doesn't have to try too hard because she's vulnerable. She's taking her clothes off in a room full of dudes for the first time. Yeah. So it well, works on camera. On, well, I mean, a room full of dudes. Yeah. Well, college, you know, eh. who's to say who's to say. All right. Yeah. Vineyard is a great choice, Jackie. I I think that's a surprise pick. I like it. My number. Where are we at? Seven. Uh, seven. My number seven. Jackie missed this one. Sam will remember it affectionately. Ninja three, the domination. Ninja three, the domination is a little higher on my list. Oh, yeah. Ninja the three, the domination was another surprise. Surprise. Because we had seen, you have seen Ninja one and Ninja two. Karate Jack. And you just missed out on Ninja three. I don't know what the hell you were doing that day, but. I don't know either. We went over to Jeff's house to watch that, though. I think it was out of town. The movie. 
it's so odd that it was like for the to begin with ninja one and two are almost non-related in terms of the story but they're still fairly straight edge ninja movies they are and uh ninja three is basically unrelated so they're not even really they are thematically they're a perfect trilogy because it's just sort of ninja bullshit Uh and shokasugi is the uniting factor of all of it but wow did they crank the dial on three oh my god it is i i think since you're probably going to talk about it a little later um i want to say my favorite part of of ninja three and i think it's a very understated favorite part because there's so many favorite parts in this just amazing the ape man (laughs) that is the love interest that thing (sighs) is a walking chewbacca (laughs) he is the hairiest grossest guy i've ever seen on camera and it is like that scene in uh what, what's that film with ben stiller where he has to play basketball against the gross hairy sweaty guy and he gets his face rubbed up against his is that belly the cable guy um uh, no. no that's not with ben stiller maybe it's along came Polly. one of those films oh but i haven't seen that that poor poor woman who is who is the ninja spoiler alert the magic ninja possessed she, has to have multiple love scenes with this rug (laughs) and she has to get her face and and the weird thing is is i'm not even sure if she had to get her face into this but there's kissing you know and then all of a sudden she starts headed downstairs not like downstairs downstairs but into places where humans should not go (laughs) like his armpits and his back and she She has just got to be pulling chunks of hair out of her teeth because he is chewbacca had jack shit on this guy yeah so i think where she's trying to like what she thinks as a character and maybe as an actress trying to do love scene is that i'm gonna go find a part of this guy that's not covered in hair and there isn't one and she's looking and there there's none to be found he is a monkey man I just, and like <laughs> the first time he takes off his shirt, like you can you can see because he he's like one of those eighties mulleted dudes, you know, like oh I'm the cool cop, you know, and and he's wearing tank tops and stuff, and it's like man that guy's got some really freaking hairy shoulders. Yes, and then he does the slow motion uh shirt taking <laughs> off where you pull your shirt from the bottom up yeah. over your head, all sexy time, and it's like whoa (laughs) how did you leave this shot in this film unless you were like look at this guy (laughs) this guy showed up this is what we got i totally need to go look this up now ninja 3 is is stop what you're doing right now and go watch watch it i think furstenberg directed that yeah it's great absolute surprise because it's just not like ninja one and ninja two no it's nothing like and it's like it went crazy like it they went just dialed it up crazy they're like oh there's gonna be a ninja possession now. and it's got that element of why i love it uh why i love teen witch the same kind of way it's just 80s suck not trying to be like Oh, see how cool the 80s were? It's like, no, this is why the 80s sucked. is because there's neon and lasers and just bullshit all over the place that has nothing to do with anything. The ninja possession with the laser light smoke show in her (laughs) fucking apartment. I forgot about that until just now. That's all you have to say to convince people to like this movie (laughs) is, wait, ninja possession laser light show? possessed by a ninja in her apartment. Her apartment's really fucking stupid. Like, every part of the movie, like, you can't 
They, they, there's no shot in this film where you don't go, what the fuck is going on with this? Yeah, Like, exactly. you first go to her apartment, like, wait a second, somebody lives in this? What the fuck is going on with this apartment? It's bizarro, The Shining. <laughs> yeah. Like, every shot has meaning and purpose, but it's completely like, what? What is going on what here? What is going on? And then all of a sudden, like, it, it doesn't, none of it ever makes any sense. Like, you kind of are able to string the events together mm-hmm. but you know there's the ninja that dies and then like she's in her apartment and it's like oh hey i saw pink floyd's laser light show <laughs> on drugs a couple years ago i think i'm gonna recreate it in this scene because with a big fan with the ninja demon yeah, possession. It, it seems like that if a ninja was gonna possess some chick in a weird apartment Ridiculous. that it would be a laser light show <laughs> what <laughs> yeah exactly Oh my god, I I need to get a copy of that movie. That needs to be owned. Yeah, that's a, you know, one of those that like just you know it's on Blu-ray, so just get the Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sam, you're number 7. Hell Squad. Oh yes, Hell Squad. Hell Squad is my number 7. I'd never seen Hell Squad until this year and it, I was actually I wasn't super impressed with Hell Squad at first, but like it really just kind of it kind of kept building momentum and building momentum and it had me all the way locked in when she has the phone call and she's like, we've been killing all these people and I'm pretty sure none of them are terrorists. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, okay, so they don't know what's going on in the movie either because I got no idea what's going on in this movie and the people in it are now, what the fuck is going on here, man, on the phone to someone else in the movie? It's seriously like the script was written while they were filming it because they just get to a point where it's like, we don't know what the hell we're doing right here. <laughs> bathtub scene. Yeah, let's just go back to the bathtub. <laughs> kept going back to the fucking bathtub. Everybody back in the bathtub. Oh. Okay, now get in the Jeep with your cute little outfits on. Yeah, today we're going to drive around in a circle, and then uh, <laughs> when that when that, when we don't find anybody to shoot, we'll just go back to the bathtub. I think that there was the, like, they had the one, like, the third time out or whatever, you see him leave. I was, as a viewer, just assuming that they... <laughs> They'd gone and killed a bunch of people that probably weren't terrorists. Right, sure. Guys and then they cards. just came back and got in the tub, and it was like, that's the routine of the film now. We just don't, we can't really be bothered with showing you this action again. Just assume that they've gone and killed some more of the wrong people. It's, oh boy, it's a wonder <laughs> we're in the situation we're in as America. I think we've dug our own hole, and I think that hole was Hell Squad. <laughs> well, you know, when they're... Middle East haces for a reason. That's right, because when we're sending over these ladies for a dance show that can't keep it together, they don't they don't dance together. But they're all professional dancers before they became part of Hell Squad. Uh-huh. Right. It's like, what the hell happened? Like that okay. Yeah. Like nobody believes your cover now, ladies. Well, nobody. Kinda. Because I guess they realized how much money they were making. That was another part that I couldn't get over was when they do their little dance sequence and people start throwing out the silver dollars or whatever, they are just getting after it. They're just grabbing those things like, we need this fucking money. This is not going well as a career move. <laughs> like, being dancing commandos does not fucking pay the bills. Like, Hell Squad's name is very fierce. Hell Squad in reality, no. not, not, very, uh, not very hellish. No. no. Unless you're a Middle Eastern man playing cards, then you're probably going to get shot by Hell Squad. <laughs> There's just no camping in the Middle East because Hell Squad will just roll in and kill you. That's what, cause these people could have just been camping. We cannot, uh, we can't fail to mention the duel of the boom mics. Oh, oh yeah. At the very end. They just, yeah, the, the whole thing, like it was, you can tell that they filmed it linearly mm-hmm. because 
the production falls apart. You watch the production fall apart as the movie plays itself out. It's like the boom mic operator's arms were just getting tired. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, and it starts off with the guy's, the camera shadow in the one shot. Uh -huh. Like, is this the only shot we got? And then they go, we only got one shot for everything. Yeah. <laughs> of course, this is the only shot we this got. This is one take did, the movie. Did you see yourself in that shot? I did. <laughs> and we couldn't do anything else? We could not. This is what we have. I was on the edge of an airplane wing, in my defense. <laughs> Who told me to stand there? I did. Yeah, Hell Squad was a good time. It was a very fine choice by our good friend Carl. As Carl. Part one of the action or in action in action yes. trilogy, which we have not completed yet. Shall yep. be very soon we will be completing the inaction in action trilogy with let's, megaforce with megaforce plugging our future episodes again yes jackie you're number seven soul taker oh soul, soul taker. taker yes where those kids die in the car accident and then they get away and one of the <sighs> i didn't see this no you did not and and she she's cheating she saw this Via Mystery Science Theater 3000. No, oh. I'd seen this before. Oh. And they're like chasing him down, trying to get him to go back to death. And... Uh-huh. Sure. Absolutely. Oh, oh my God. With, it's just, uh, like, I don't know. Like, Joe Estevez. Yeah, the Estevez. That's what I was trying to remember. It's like, oh, God, it's one of those brothers. But it's not the famous brother. It's like well, the... It's, it's Joe. Other the guy. only one we'll mention in this podcast. <laughs> no, we will mention... We'll mention a Sheen. Yes. I don't know if we'll mention an Estevez. Old Carlos will show up. Yeah. yeah. Joe is actually Martin's brother. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I just I I liked this movie. It was, Martin. Yes. I, I I don't know. I just I just liked it. I thought it was funny. Soul Taker is a good time. It's it's and ridiculous. It it tries really hard to take itself seriously. Oh, and absolutely. It's just not. You just can't. I mean, like it's a he's failed... walking around. Estevez is walking around in a trench coat, walking to get these kids. It's like they're running away. There's no way you're gonna. Oh, make that's that Joe distance. Estevez in a nutshell. But yeah. he's like, "Yep, can't be running too fast. My hair will get all fucked up." You know, here's the thing about Joe Estevez: is he is the polar opposite, the exact same man, but the polar opposite to Eric Roberts. Yes, Eric Roberts tries to dial it to eleven at every possible point and sucks. He, Eric Roberts is the most uncoordinated human alive. Joe Estevez <laughs> is rivals him for the most uncoordinated man ever. But Joe Estevez's level is usually about a two. Yeah, and sucks is equally. He, he doesn't. He doesn't go crazy like where like you, Eric Roberts does his action thing, and then like the shot's over and he's like getting ready to do it again. And you're like, no, I know that you're gonna do it just like that or worse. So uh -huh. that's what we're gonna use. Yep. You're. Like, you just slap your head as a director and be like, oh, God, we got this guy for an action movie? And Joe Estevez is, is essentially the same man, just terror, just, just in half speed. Opposite, yeah, a slow motion <laughs> Eric Roberts. Hey, he has some squinty eye, evil eye business. Oh, he's, he's got the Estevez look, for sure. Yeah. If you didn't know who they were, you is this guy related to Charlie Sheen? Uh, Yes. And I love Joe Estevez. Anytime I can get Joe Estevez, he... he, he if I was to see, if, if I was to make my shitty expendables ever, the, produce my screenplay for the shitty expendables, I would put Joe Estevez. Joe Estevez. Eric Roberts, obviously. Jeff Fahey and Jerry Remar. James what Remar. Eric Roberts is actually in the first expendables. It's true. He is. Yeah. He, he made the A list and the B list. You know what? He's at the top of the B list, but he's, he's at the he bottom of mine. the A list. But Joe Estevez would definitely be in that. And Soul Taker is a fine choice, Jackie. Thank you. Yeah. But I, what did you got for six there, Justino? My number six film. Getting into the heavy stuff. 
Another one of Jackie's choices, the Beastmaster. Oh, that's on my list too. My higher up on my list. Yep. The Beastmaster I had already seen. Uh, it was maybe the fourth or fifth movie I decided to view when I was like, you know what? I'm 21 years old and I like bad movies. Yeah. I'm not even going to pretend that I'm some sort of intellectual. I like movies where there's guys with swords and lady shirts getting torn off and men fighting tigers. Uh, so I just want to watch movies like that. And so the Beastmaster was maybe my fourth film that, that I ever viewed like that. And, uh, it has stuck with me consistently since then. I love the Beastmaster. It is everything that a shitty movie should be. It is. It's a high speed. It's high speed. It's a terrible production. It, it's a rich history of terrible production. Oh yeah. It's a fascinating story filmmaking wise. I'm the, saving all my comments until the acting is terrible later. Uh, the story is stupid. The effects are awful. Uh, um, not all of them. That lazy ass eagle was, <laughs> he was awesome. But it is a great, great time from start to finish. I, it, at no point are you ever like, okay, Beastmaster, get back to what you were doing earlier. Yeah. There's never, there's no lag. There's no lag. It is just nonstop stupid business that you're just into the whole time. Yeah. And just like one of Sam's earlier picks, the dog gets it in the first, like, the white dog gets yeah. it in the first like, 15 minutes. But it's done minutes. in such a shitty way that you don't feel any like, oh, no, the dog died. You're laughing at the dog died because the dog is not dead. No. <laughs> the dog is not. The acting dog is not even really that yeah, you, I feel, no, that dog was, they, they like, they dumped about four buckets of quaaludes in that dog. <laughs> yeah, that I dog felt bad. Like, I wanted maybe the dog did die. He yeah, I needed to like. I was I was looking for Peta's phone number <laughs> during that scene. Oh, that is looking for Peta's phone number. The movie. Yeah, I was like, we need to get somebody on this because these people did bad things. Bad, bad <laughs> things. So many ferrets died the, in the making of that film. I hadn't watched it since I was like seven or something. And I remember when I was seven, I thought it was a good movie. Right. <laughs> and so right. I hadn't ever had that revisit of it until then. And that was my revisit of the Beastmaster. So the two things I remember is that I thought it was action packed and that my mom had all sorts of uh, hot, steamy visions of Mark Singer. Mm hmm. And uh, I was watching it again going, holy shit, this is bullshit a thousand miles an hour. <laughs> I, I shouldn't have thought this was good when I was seven. That's It's one of those rare films that you can see at any age any age yeah. it's ageless and you can enjoy it if i was a dribbling old man in in a hospital uh, on my deathbed and beastmaster came on i'd be like you know what i went out on top i, I got to I, see beastmaster i again. got to see beastmaster i would watch it at any age if i was five years old i would have it would have been my favorite film it, it just it's one of those rare things that usually when you see a movie like this at, and you love it when you're a child you watch it again later and you're like oh god this sucks but Beastmaster is not that film. It is just great at any age. Yeah. And it's and it's also male and female, obviously. Anybody can love Beastmaster. Yep. So, Sam, what'd you got for six? I have another perennial favorite, very high up the list, Death Race 2000. <gasps> Ooh, Frankenstein car. Yes, very good Death choice. Race, because I hadn't, and again, it comes with the impact. How mm -hmm. did it make it above two movies that I have higher in my top ten? I hadn't seen Death Race in about eight, nine years. Sure. sure. And... God damn, I love that movie. I just fucking love <clears throat> that movie. It's very endearing. I love the cars. And the boobs. Yeah, and the cars and the, the wacky costumes that everybody's got to match their cars. 
if anybody are, makes a Roger Corman list, my favorite Roger Corman movies and Death Race 2000 isn't in the top three, you're, you don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on. Death Race 2000 is an achievement in bad filmmaking. It is, again, very similar to the Beastmaster in it is fun from start to finish. Yeah. If you can love it at any point in life, you're probably not going to see it as a child because it is chock full of nudity. There's a lot of boobs. Yes. But, uh, you see, you see the monster for the first time, Frankenstein's car. And even if it's just like, even if you just see a still image of that car without watching the movie, you go, I want to watch that movie. That shit looks awesome. Good choice. Yeah. I, uh, it, it's also Carradine kind of at his finest. Yeah. Not, I, and his finest isn't good. Right. It's, it's the Carradine doing his worst Charlton Heston. Oh, that's a great. The way comparison. he postures himself yeah. in that, he's swinging, around, he swings his body around like he's Charlton Heston. Uh-huh. And it's like when I watch that one, I, I there, he does that in a lot of movies. He does different things. I think that guy did too many drugs. <laughs> um, actually, or, I think that it was been proven or that, that other thing. Yeah, well, I think that in the, the history we'll remember that that guy did too many drugs. Because <laughs> if you go through like his uh, series where he did like a what Death Sport, uh-huh. Death Sport. Remember like his right phys- after- like. Death Race 2000. And, but he's not doing the Heston thing in that. He's no. got like this sort of like, I'm an animal man. Uh-huh. The way he moves his body. But in, there's a couple of movies up to, uh, Death Race that he's swinging his arms and his hips around like he's Heston. And this is the, I think the chief of that. And when you watch it, every time I'm like, you sir are not Charles Heston. Stop doing that. Don't forget what we, we cannot fa- fail to mention Machine Gun Joe Viterbo. Yeah. Stallone. I, he, what is this movie 1977 it's pre-rocky and it is just you see sylvester stallone and you say thank you thank you for starting your career the same way you just continue lead to run your career yeah this is your job you do it well thank you sylvester thank you Mm -hmm. yeah i love i love that movie my turn my turn my turn which is going to be kind of a disappointment for talking wise oh because my number six was Dead Heat, which we already uh, talked about all my favorite things, which was, yes. you know, the, the reanimated cow corpse and stuff like that. I mean, we already talked about it, so I guess we'll just move on to Justin's five. But Dead Heat, I thought... Dead Heat's amazing. Was, I just was was fucking love that. I, I loved it. I really like that you liked it that much um, because you typically hate anything zombie. Like, you are one of the... There's so many zombie movies that pre the trendy zombie garbage that's going on right now there's so many fun stuff that involves zombies like dead alive which i am going to force you to watch um 1978's dawn of the dead uh but these zombies weren't brain scary damage no they're not scary they're zombie because he goes he goes to the to the right aid or whatever the drugstore uh-huh. boots to get makeup so that he looks good while they're driving around in the convertible right i'm just saying that the you it, putting dead heat where you put it is a testament. Yeah, to number how six. Awesome I thought it, that I thought it was and just hilarious. I laughed so hard when we watched that movie. Yeah. It would be in the movies that I've seen more than once that made this list. It would have been the fourth of those mm-hmm. had I watched it this year. I did not watch it this year. Mm-hmm. Yes. So let's just move on. There you go. Because we we talked about this one. We we beat a dead horse, but oh. it's yeah. So my number one film or my number one film uh my number five film isn't much of a surprise or it's probably my weakest surprise film because everybody loves this movie uh it was machete 
Oh, Machete didn't even make my list. Oh, it didn't make my list either. Yeah. Not uh, even an honorable mention. I really, really had a good time with Machete. The first Machete is really, really fun. It's everything. It, it's everything that they tried to do. They did really, really well for the sake of bad, shitty, yeah. stupid movies. Uh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I think it's uh, a damn travesty that we don't have a third one of those. Wait, um, who knows? I mean, he Sin City just got like he finished I that know, two weeks I before know. it hits the the screen. So I know, but uh, either way, um, yeah. Anytime Jan- Danny Trejo's on film, I I usually am on board. Um, but Machete is just such a good time, and uh, I I can't imagine that there's very many people that haven't seen it at this point. Uh, especially listeners of this podcast, but uh, if you haven't, you should probably have seen Machete. Yeah, Machete is really good. I also my thing with Machete is that it gives you so much, and it gives you something that you wouldn't expect. It gives you De Niro not laying on the screen like a fucking fish. Yes, for the first time in like ten yes, years or something indeed. like that. It was like he was having a good time in it. You could tell. It was like wow, De Niro it's, still does stuff. It's also Robert Rodriguez not pissing in your eyeballs. Not pissing in my eyeballs. Not trying to make any special message or just or look at how neat this is. Styling the piss out of a movie. Styling the piss out of a movie. It's just, you know what? Let's make a good time. Yeah, yeah it's a good time. It is a good time. Good times. Good times. Good times. What's your number five, Sam? My number five is the man from Hong Kong. Oh. <gasps> Little low as I'm looking. I mean, it's Jimmy not a Wang little you. low. There's one that I put up really high here because I forgot how much I liked it. But being number five is is just not enough praise for a movie that I'm. I I couldn't get it any higher, but I want I understand. to. I understand. I loved the shit out of that movie. Yep. The restaurant fight scene that took like 15 minutes. One of the best that's ever been shot. One of the best that's ever been shot. Jimmy Wang, you doing everything? Driving. Yeah, it's jumping. The closest climbing. thing to uh well, we haven't done Sister Street Fighter, but uh Sonny Chiba has a I'm a man that can do everything character mm-hmm. in Sister Street Fighter. You get that with Jimmy Wang Yu and the man from Hong Kong and it's just fucking awesome. Don't forget about George Lazenby again. Lazenby. The reason that I pick this movie yeah. cuz I've been, you know, trying to find those Golden Harvest Lazenby movies and it's I found that one and wooey. Oh, Golden Harvest. You just never can go wrong. Like Raymond Chow does it up nice. The uh, the man from Hong Kong on your part was a bit of rolling the dice, and it was a wonderful choice. I could tell. I watched three minutes, and I knew from the first three minutes of that movie that it was gonna work. It's uh, not a widely talked about uh, karate movie. It isn't, and I think that's another interesting thing that was mentioned on the podcast that they because that was early on in the what do they call exploitation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the sort of fledgling era of Australian film, that was a big deal for them. They, their country selected that yes. for preservation. It's in their library of whatever. We even, in fact, heard from, uh, one of our listeners that said that he saw that movie in the theater when it came out because it was just, you couldn't avoid it. It was like, everywhere. It was, it was everywhere. It was like, uh, uh, maybe not like a Transformer uh, type of marketing, but maybe maybe like a Amazing Spider-Man level yeah. of marketing is just everywhere. So, yeah, no, that's a really good choice, Jackie. Your thoughts on Man from Hong Kong? I don't remember it. Oh, yeah. So I can't I can't comment. All right. Well, then you're fired from talking about that. I know. I can't I can't even comment. Yeah. Sounds like a movie we watched. Yeah, it is. It, uh, our good friend Roman watched it with us. Yeah. Roman guessed it on that episode. Yeah. Oh, wait. Then I remember, yes, very good movie. Yeah. Karate Chap. 
I'll give it a karate, <laughs> karate chop. chop. One karate chop. <laughs> One karate chop. <laughs> That's all you need. Jackie, your number five movie. Okay, don't laugh at me now. Uh-oh. It better not be Xanadu. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's the winter's tale. Oh. Oh, the sweet no, unicorn. I, I'm not going to laugh and... at you. I'm going to laugh at Russell Crowe. Oh, my God. That that movie just had so much. I, I loved the unicorn that just kept taking off. like The Pegasus. The Pegasus. like, oh, trouble. Fuck you. And he yeah, just I'm fly out. off. Yeah, I'm out. And, you know, like, just the ridiculousness of the love story mm-hmm. and... And how awful the performances were. Oh, yeah. And Russell Crowe's, like, weird animated face thing that they kept giving him where he would turn into the devil and his face uh-huh. would crack. And Will Smith being oh, the devil God. who lives in the sewer, lives like... Lives in the oh, dump. Will Smith, bad cameo. Like, why is... time bad the worst cameos. cameo I've ever seen. Why is he in the sewer? <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. I guess he's bad. Apparently, either that or he's just like, I it just seems love like the smell being of... the Lord of Evil isn't a high paying gig. Oh, no. It, it's you the... get a bare light bulb and a shitty couch. Yeah. And then but, uh, everything to do with Will Smith in that movie was awful. Like, because there was the gross face that uh, what's his face makes. Uh, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. He makes his gross face mm-hmm. to scare people. Right. But then at one point. Will Smith's like, my gross face is grosser and scarier. And you're like, what the fuck, man? This is ridiculous. Uh, stand underneath that light bulb, please, <laughs> so is... that I can show you my even scarier face. I knew what we were getting involved. I mean, I knew that Winter's Tale was it was a widely panned pan movie, but I didn't. I thought it was panned because it was just going to be so Shitty. dripping with cheese that, uh, that I wasn't going to enjoy it. But as soon as Colin Farrell's parents were like, well, I guess we can't go to America together. I know. We'll put our infant child inside of a model ship and put him into the New York Harbor and everything is going to turn out okay. I was like, oh boy, this thing is going to be dumb. Yeah, yeah <laughs> just a little like Noah's Ark type of thing there. Yeah, well... Uh. Noah. Precursor. Yeah, not. Well, I don't know about that. I think it, <laughs> the I think, one baby arc. <laughs> so <laughs> the one baby arc. Apparently, the thing about Winter's Tale is it's not that shitty of a movie. It's apparently the shittiest book that's ever been written. Because, <laughs> that was based on a book. Yes. Yeah. It, it, oh It is God. apparently a perfect adaptation of a really, really terrible book. Everything that is impossibly stupid in Winter's Tale, the movie. Just comes straight out of the book. Off the page. Yeah. Yeah, so the unicorn that just fucks off every time there's yeah. any trouble. Unicorn's like, oh, Bale, you're on your own. And he just runs off like, thanks, unicorn, thanks. you dick. The most powerful and wonderful creature ever. And, oh, and he's a dog, don't forget. He's not a horse, he's a dog. Dog horse. Dog horse. Yeah, I mean, I just loved this movie. I think I think it was number very five magical. for Winter's Tale is not a bad pick. Not a bad I, pick at all. I loved Winter's Tale. So, so thus concludes... Part one of our year in review. We will follow this up with our five through one, uh, probably on our very next episode. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening and get to the chopper. Visit us at www.stinkermadness.com. Follow Stinker Madness on Twitter at Stinker Madness. Please rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you for listening and get to the chopper.